Okay, so welcome back to A Brazil. I know I haven't recorded a podcast in a really long time, but I just wanted to talk about the game seven that we saw last night with the Celtics and the Heat. So, at the start of the game, honestly, it just looked like um, Boston was gonna run away with it, like they did in game uh, game five. And but Miami made their push, and um. I mean, let's just start in the fourth quarter. So, in the fourth quarter, um, it's a two-point game. The Heat have gone on an 11-0 run, and <clears throat> they don't even transition. And Jimmy Butler, um, I-, I don't know if that shot is the shot you want, but, I mean, I'd rather have Jimmy Butler taking it than anyone else on the Heat. So, I'd rather have him taking it over Kyle Lowry or um, Max Cruz or uh, Victor Oladipo or whoever. But I just feel like he could have driven in and gotten a layup or gotten an and one or gotten a foul or even like took more time off the clock and then rotated it back to someone else or I don't know the result is the result you live and die with that shot if you're Miami and last night they died with it but yeah congrats to Boston because I remember a lot of people um even last year even earlier this year like Everyone talks about the big turnaround that Boston made since January. So I think that the big turnaround that they made since January, um, one is <clears throat> being healthy, but two, um, when they traded for Derek White from the Spurs, and they um, they got Derek White and Marcus Smart to play in that backcourt, and now Jalen Brown and Tatum can be your primary scorers, not your ball handlers. Um, and then you have Al Horford and Robert Williams um, in the paint. Al Horford played really, really good um this whole playoffs this whole playoffs i mean he hasn't had the the 30 point games um like every night like you maybe you would expect in atlanta but he has had like 20 point games and big rebound games he's made big shots he's uh made big plays i've always been a big alford um supporter and i'm happy that he's finally got to the finals but back to the celtics the big turnaround they made uh, i still remember people talking about it um jalen brown and jason tatum need to be split like, people thought Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum needed to be split all the time. Um, the thing is, Damian and C.J. made it to the uh, Western Conference Finals, but they got swept. And now Tatum and Brown have made it to the Finals um, in a year that they had to go through the Nets. I know Ben Simmons wasn't there, but still Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving there. Then they beat the Bucks, the defending champions. Yes, they didn't have Chris Middleton, but you have to beat Giannis. You have to beat Drew. You have to beat Brooke Lopez. And they did. So they won that series in seven. And then... Last night, um, the way they were able, the way they lost Game Six, um, I know I've heard a couple of podcasts talk about this already, but honestly, it reminded me of the Spurs in 2013, when they blew the series to Miami. They lost Game Six. Um, Mary Allen hit that hit that shot, and then um, the Spurs just overtime collapsed, and then Game Seven, they had a chance to win, um, and they just didn't. And they, Duncan missed a really really easy layup, and then the tap in. Um, on the on the way back, uh, LeBron knocks in a jumper, right over Kawhi. I think the score becomes ninety two eighty eight at that time. But um, yeah, so it just gave me flashbacks of the Spurs and the Heat. But this time, I actually wanted Miami to win. I mean, I didn't care who won, but I I really wanted to see Jimmy get a get a championship or like get another shot at a championship. Because two years ago, he did everything he possibly could and. I mean, they they lost 4-2. It's not like they got swept or lost in five. Um, and Goran got hurt. Bam, Bam got hurt. 
So yeah, Jimmy, what Jimmy did in game six and seven truly shows us how special he is. But the thing about Jimmy is I wish he did this in the regular season, but obviously there's like a human aspect to it. Like you can't play as hard as you do 82 games in the regular season and in the playoffs. But if Jimmy Butler was as good as he is in the playoffs, as he is in the regular season, or like half as good as he is in the regular, in the playoffs as he is in the regular season, I feel like that the conversation and the discussion around Jimmy Butler would be completely shifted and completely like different. But because he plays the way he plays um, in the regular season and then in the playoffs, he just turns up to a completely different level. I just feel like we're never going to get that, um, that like fully Jimmy Butler. We're never going to give Jimmy Butler the respect that we... I mean, I'm not saying that he's on Kevin Durant or LeBron's level, but he can be at nights. And and um, these past two games, he showed us that he belongs on their level. Or he is just as good as them. Um, another thing is, uh, I think Jimmy Butler. I would ha- rather have Jimmy Butler over a lot of other players in the NBA right now. I mean, I wouldn't have him over um, like Luca or Kawhi. I mean, not Kawhi, Luca or uh, LeBron or Steph or even Giannis. But I would have Jimmy Butler over people like James Harden. Uh, I'd probably have him over Kyrie as of, like, maybe this is recency bias, but I'd have him over Kawhi. I mean, <laughs> over Ky- I mean, I'd have him over Kawhi, too, and Paul George. I'd have, I'd have him over Ja. I'd have him over um, <clears throat> a lot of players. But Jimmy Butler, what he did in the, in the this whole playoff run, actually, but, like, especially these past two games, it just really um, puts, us, puts Jimmy Butler into perspective of how great he is and how underrated he he will probably um be when 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 he finally retires because i feel like people don't really appreciate how good jimmy butler is um because he's always going to be below lebron durant Giannis, always going to be below the um the top top tier guys but he's always going to be like in that second or second and a half tier so i mean i feel like a good comparison with jimmy butler would be like paul george what paul george did last year for the clippers in the playoffs is what what kind of what jimmy butler did this year except paul george had Kawhi up until the um the conference finals so yeah uh now the finals i'm really interested to see how the half court offense for the celtics is because warriors and celtics are two really good defensive teams and celtics just went through two really great defensive teams in Mil- well i mean milwaukee wasn't that great this season but you know they can be so milwaukee and miami um those two really good defenses and um boston having the best defense since january um with robert williams and marcus smart leading that defense and Rob- marcus Smart winning defensive player of the year um ver- uh, marcus smart and seth perry would be a really really fun matchup to watch i know game one isn't until thursday but um I, I just really want to know how healthy Marcus Smart is because I know he was good uh, in Game 7, but he always has these ankle injuries or, like, these random knick-knack injuries that um, end up costing him time or costing... I mean, yeah, it did cost him time in, in the in the series, but, like, it just cost the team, too, because, he, like, he's, he's, he's really good and he's really valuable, so you want him out there, but he's not healthy and he's not able to be who he really is um for you and then he still plays and then he calls the team but yeah marcus Smart, Derek white brown tatum and then williams or horford whatever the combination is um the celtics are going to be really good in the in the half court defense for sure because they can be physical with steph and clay and jordan Poole. uh they they're just bigger like uh marcus Smart is he's not the tallest guy but he's like he's physical he's plays like a he, like, I remember people used to say Eric Bledsoe will play like a football player. Marcus Smart plays like a football player. Um, but, yeah, 
Um, Marcus Smart versus Steph Curry would be really um fun to watch, and then Clay versus uh De- Derek White or Brown. I don't know who's gonna who, what's gonna be the matchup there, but then uh I think Wiggins will be the primary defender on J- uh Jason Tatum, so we'll see how good Wiggins. I mean, I mean, I would say Wiggins did a good job on Luca, but obvious. But then when you think about it, Luca scored forty, thirty. He had big games, uh, so. I mean, Wiggins did what he could. It's like what like Kawhi or Iguodala did on LeBron in 2014, 2015. Like, LeBron is just an all-time great, the greatest, in my opinion. And then Luka is, like, one of the best players in the NBA right now. And he has a chance to be one of the greatest. Like, those players are just going to give you buckets. They're going to score 30 and get 10 rebounds and 10 assists. And sometimes do with efficiency, sometimes not. But regardless, they're going to get their points. Wiggins did... A really good job in like I guess, like whatever whatever he could do, he did a good job of. But then um again on the Celtics you have uh I mean on the Warriors, <laughs> you have uh Draymond in the paint. I don't know what Draymond's like matchup is gonna be. He's probably I don't, like I would say maybe Draymond and Monk is smart like that to be the primary matchup, and then uh, I I, I don't know what the matchup would be, but um Dray- Draymond would just whatever. Whatever role Steve Kerr puts Raymond in, I think Raymond's gonna be really good at it, um, especially defensively. And then offensively, he can just make play make play make for everyone if they play the five out with uh, Poole, Curry, Wiggins, uh, uh, Poole, Curry, Wiggins, Clay, and then Draymond. Then you have uh, I mean Wiggins isn't really a shooter, but you have three shooters and Wiggins who can shoot, and then Raymond can shoot. Raymond can play make. Uh, that's gonna be really good for Boston's. <clears throat> uh, that's gonna be really good for Golden State's defense and offense because if they can play good offense um it'll make the celtics wanna i mean celtics can't slow the pace down but i just think this game th- this series will go at the warriors pace and uh yudoka as good of a coach as he is defensively um i feel like seeing him in the finals of the big stage is going to be really interesting to see like how um how he maneuvers the defense uh to guard the warriors because we saw three years ago Nick Nurse, a uh, really good defensive coach. Um, what he was able to do with the the Raptors against the Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors were hurt, but the defensive coverages and the schemes that Nick Nurse put out there on um, in the in the box and one and all the um the the different types of defenses, gimmick defenses they were playing, um, it worked to an extent. I mean, it worked enough for them to win. And I wonder if uh Udoka has uh something like that in his arsenal or in his bag or if he's willing to do that in the finals i mean his first time i'm pretty sure i mean i'm not confident but i would say the celtics are definitely capable of getting back here next year or like even in two or three years because if you look at the east and um what they went through this season the celtics definitely um can get back to the finals <clears throat> but yeah about this year um i'm gonna give my predictions probably um tomorrow or before the finals but i'll definitely try to have my prediction in before the before the before game one another another thing that i wanted to talk about today was um playoff hockey um recently i've gotten into hockey or at least playoff hockey um i watched the rangers and penguin series where the rangers went down 3-1 games three and four were terribly closed out by the um rangers but the rangers ended up uh winning that series in seven games and they won three in a row after blowing game three and four 
and then winning five six and seven i think five game five they won in overtime or like a shoot it, it was crazy because um i just really wanted the rangers to win because they're their new york team and uh, i'm glad they won but now they're in another game seven against the hurricanes <clears throat> but with the hurricanes the hurricanes are at home i think the uh, the rangers had a home game against the penguins yeah because game seven was in msg i remember um seeing that and uh, talking about it but yeah we have another game seven and uh the rangers are plus 130 and carolina is minus 150 the over under is five and a half so i mean i guess you would say like four to two is gonna be what like they're projecting the canes to win four to two or four to one i guess um I mean the yeah the hurricanes um and I don't understand how the plus and minus uh money line the money line works but I know how the uh, over under works so yeah I'm I'm basically assuming they're winning they're expecting Carolina to win at home I hope the Rangers win at win on the road um I honestly couldn't even tell you five players on the team but or even one player on the team but our our Timmy Panarin is their left wing Cody. And then there's Chris Kreider and Mike Zabanejad. So, yeah, hopefully the Rangers win Game 7, go to the conference finals, or whatever they're called in hockey, and then make the Stanley Cup and win the Stanley Cup. I wanted to go back to the NBA and talk about the Celtics. Um, The Celtics, this Celtics, um, 2022 Celtics team kind of reminds me of the 2012 um. Uh, thunder when uh they had harden westbrook and durant not because of like the timeline well kind of the timeline but just because like the thunder i wouldn't i'm not gonna say they lucked into the finals because they beat the spurs four in a row but the thunder really weren't expected to make the finals um preseason i don't think they were at least um the spurs were though and the fact that the um the thunder beat the spurs like four games in a row after being down 2-0 was just um, crazy at the time i remember um thinking to myself james harden is the best player to say or at least the second best player he's better than westbrook like in 2012 i remember thinking that i don't know if that's anything like crazy or if other people believe that too but i just remember james harden made the big shots and was the killer down the stretch and this this uh Celtics team uh, with Brown and Tatum being really young, um Robert Williams kind of being like a Ibaka player I guess, but I don't know. <clears throat> and then Al Horford being the Nick Collison I guess of this team, but you and then Scott Brooks and uh Yudoga, but uh the coaches and the the t- uh, Tatum and Brown like. I I've I've said this many times. I think they're poor poor man's uh, uh Paul George and Kawhi, but I mean they they got to the finals before Paul George and Kawhi got together. Yeah, granted, Paul George and Kawhi have been hurt, but that's not the fault of Tatum or Brown. Um, Tatum is only twenty four four years old, and he can already win the championship. Um, and I think that that's just amazing because he'd win it at an earlier age than a lot of a lot of people i think he would win it i mean obviously earlier than lebron because lebron won it in his seventh year but he would win it earlier than lebron he'd he'd win it earlier than durant um he'd win it earlier than steph um like tatum would really be on an amazing trajectory for the rest of his career but i don't i also don't want this to be like 
them win so early in his career and then him just never win again because it also could be like the 06 heat but it's like it was just wade and then like Shaq here and there but like i don't know this team it, it really does remind me of the 2012 thunder but um if if anyone has a different opinion uh please like let me know like the the makeup of the team isn't similar but i think the the stakes and the and like everything is uh pretty similar i remember the thunder won game one and then the heat won four in a row in 2012 but i remember after game one people thinking that some thunder could actually pull it off i never thought that i never was one of those people who believed that but um them winning game one i think they won it pretty convincingly by double figures maybe 11 points or something but yeah they won game one and uh it was it was looking like the thunder could actually win the finals but then LeBron happened, uh, Mike Miller made all of his crazy threes, Shane Batty happened, Wade, uh, Wade was, actually, that was probably Wade's, like, last elite, elite year, maybe, um, yeah, maybe, it was his last, like, elite, peak, peak physicality, and, like, peak explosiveness, and athleticism, but, yeah, that Wade, but I don't know, but, yeah, so, I guess, like, you could say Steph, Clay, Draymond, or, like, Wade, Bosh, and, uh, Wade, Bosh, and LeBron are Steph, Clay, and Draymond, like, and then you're playing against Westbrook and Durant, where this is Tatum and Brown. That's, like, what you could say, but then you also have Harden, and then for the Celtics, I don't know, like, Grant Williams is never going to be as good as Harden, but I don't know what you're going to... What's the what's the equivalent to um, James Harden of twenty twelve for the Celtics? There doesn't have to be, but I'm just saying that there are some similar, um, like history that you can tie with these two teams. And then for the Warriors side, um, I've heard a lot of people talk about comparing them to the Spurs. I'm still not ready for that. Maybe it's just because I'm stuck in the past and living in the past where I just think the Spurs are the dynasty and like no one will ever emulate them people might be like close to that and they might even be better than that better than that but like they they're not going to be able to do it the same way the spurs do like drafting tim duncan drafting david robinson uh trading for Kawhi on uh draft night uh drafting manu ginobili with the second to last pick in the whole draft drafting tony parker late in the first round like at the back like 28th overall um for the Spurs to do that, the, like, the Warriors, yeah, they they kind of lucked into Curry because six teams passed on Curry, but that's not really the Warriors' fault. They just, they they, they were smart, and the Wolves were not because they took Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio before Steph Curry, which still making me out to this day because it's not that I'm anti-Warriors or pro-Timberwolves, but it's just like, why would you draft Johnny Flynn over Steph? I love Johnny Flynn. I'm a Syracuse fan. But Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio, like, yeah, I get one or the other, but both of them before Steph, that's just mind-boggling to me. But, okay, they, they drafted Steph, they drafted Raymond in the second round, I'll give them credit for that. I mean, not that they need my credit, but they drafted Raymond in the second credit, second round, and uh, then you have uh, Clay, I think, 11th overall. So, it's not like they were picking at the top of the draft, Every like, they're not picking one, or they're not picking top five, but they're picking top 10 or top 15 and then for Draymond in the second round so I, I did when they transitioned from David from uh, David Lee to Draymond like all that Andrew Bogut Harrison Barnes Andre Iguodala when he was there uh, when, he, when he was actually playing for them 
uh, he's still on the team. Sean Livingston, uh, Leandro Barbosa, um, Maurice Spades, like all of these players, Fessy all these Warriors players, um, that were just like role players that were perfect for the Warriors. And you can say the same thing with Spurs. Like, they had Gary Neal. They had Danny Green. They had Marco Bellinelli. They had Aaron Baines. They had Thiago Splitter. They had um, Dewan Blair. I mean, they didn't win a championship with him, but they had him. Um, they had Richard Jefferson. He was really trash for the team, but he was there. They had um, TJ Ford for a bit. Like, they had uh, these role players that would just work for the Spurs in their system. And that's what the Warriors do. I mean, the Spurs only won one championship uh, since 07. But, like, Spurs' success was uh, from 99 to 14. So over 15 years, they won five championships. That's one every three years. The Warriors, since 2015, have won three championships. Two with Durant, one without Durant. So from 2015 on to 2022, that's seven years. Um, but Steph was actually no. So Steph has won three championships in 13 years, um, 12 years, I guess. And then, uh, uh, and then he'll win... If he wins this year, he'll win a fourth in 12 years, which is on the same trajectory as Duncan because Duncan won five and five and 15, and Steph can win four and, like, 13. So if Steph does that, that's going to put Steph, like, at an all-all-time high if he isn't already, like, for a lot of people because he's going to have the same rings as my legendary backcourt uh, in Parker and Ginobili if he wins this year. Um... <laughs> for the narrative of the Spurs and Parker, Ginobili, all this, I should want the Celtics to win, but I really don't have a prediction yet. Like, I'll tell you who I want to win if I can think of one, if I can think who I want to win more, and then I'll tell you who I think is going to win. Um, but, yeah, with with the with the comparisons in the Spurs dynasty versus this Warriors dynasty, I mean, you have Rip Popovich, you have Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, like, interesting. Like, I should have known this, like, because... They go to the finals every year with him. But, like, uh, Steve Kerr has not lost a playoff series in the Western Conference. That just is crazy when I actually think about it. Because he, he, you can't beat the Warriors. Like, they'll get to the finals. It used to be LeBron's going to get to the finals and then he'll lose in the finals. Um, but now it's like Steve Kerr and the Warriors won't lose to anyone in the West when that's a superior con- conference to a lot of people. Um, maybe not this year, but like Western Conference is uh, more superior, and being more being superior, um, you still can't beat the Warriors. Like that, that's how good the Warriors are. Like the Warriors are the best team, way and like well, well above everyone else because like the Western Conference is a tougher conference. So, and they beat everyone in the Western Conference because you can't beat them before they get to the finals, and then. They get to the finals and then they win more often than not. Um, I think they went three and two, so I mean that's sixty percent winning and forty not. But that's that's the point is they get there, and they don't lose before they get there with Steve Kerr, and it's like okay, twenty fifteen they got to the finals, twenty sixteen they got to the finals, lost, twenty seventeen they got to the finals, won, because Steve Kerr's first year is twenty fifteen, so we're starting from that. Uh, 2019 they um uh 2019 they lost to the raptors but they got to the finals 2020 no playoffs 2021 i think they got um knocked out in the plane so no playoffs either so steve Kerr gets the uh, gets you to the finals if he's in the playoffs and then 
if he's in the playoffs, he doesn't lose before the finals. But it's all just the same thing as saying they get you to the finals. So, I know that that was a lot of rambling. But the point is, I can definitely understand why people are trying to compare the Spurs to the Warriors. Or the Warriors to the Spurs, I mean. But... I don't know. It, it was just different because I maybe I'm thinking of the style of basketball that was played. Maybe I'm thinking about Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, and Popovich, and getting like getting crazy with that in my head. Also, although Duncan is the top four to five player of all time, three to five maybe, um, but and Seth isn't. But Seth is probably top ten. But if if Duncan. Because here's what I say: If you because you can compare the two backcourt, you can compare Parker and Curry and Ginobili and Clay, but then it's like you want to compare Draymond to Duncan. It's like how do you have to be Steph to Duncan, Parker to Clay, Ginobili to Green, or Ginobili to Clay, Parker to like it's just it's hard. So, Dunk like I I've heard and seen and read a lot of people say that Curry is a new Duncan, that Curry is the ultimate selfless player like he's gonna do everything that it takes for the team which is true he he will do everything it takes for the team but i just think that the comparisons to the greatest player in his position of all time like duncan in the power forward and duncan being a top three to five player of all time in my opinion and a lot of other people but some people might put him top 10 or top 12 whatever the worst he could be on anyone's list is like top 15 but that's like worst to worst but like steph i could see the best him being number 15 like if you know if you really think about it there are probably 14 players better than Seth if you really really want to think about it not probably not but it, it's probably doable if you really do it um so yeah I don't I don't know just when when I think about that I just can't think of Steph and Duncan in the same uh, breath or same comparison but they're both great players Steph revolutionized the game as everyone loves to say but like he really did the three-point line is nothing what it used to be. Um, and, I mean, it's both good and bad because some people shoot that really just shouldn't be shooting. And then some people, like Dre, uh, like Trey, uh, Damian, uh, Steph, and, I mean, even Max Schroes last night, like, those, like, two or three shots that he made were just tough shots. Like, um, okay, now, since because I brought up Schroes, I'm going to talk about how they took away that three, uh, because that was really costly. If you, if you really think about it, if you add the three points and then you can play the whole game over again, um, that taking away that three was really uh, was crucial. It honestly really hurt the Heat, and I've never seen something like that like actually happen in a playoff game as big as that playoff game was. Because like, yeah, you can review you can review plays when it's like their foot is on the line or not, and then you change it to a two or three later on in the game, right? But this play, uh, Tyler, uh not Tyler, Max Struess was, I mean, from that angle that they showed initially, I mean, even on the replays and the Instagram and all the highlights, I don't really know if he stepped out of bounds. But let's just say he did. How can you take that the points away like, 10 plays later. I don't know if it was 10 plays later. Maybe it was one play later or two plays later. But when you call the thing live, you go to the next play. How can you take those points away? I will never understand that. I know it just happened yesterday. But I'll, I'll never be able... Like, I will never understand it if it happened in the past. And I still can't understand it now that it actually happened. 
Like, you give someone a touchdown in the NFL, now you do a kickoff, and then you go back and you take that touchdown away? Like, how does that work? Or you, or someone makes a field goal, you kick off, and now you say, oh, we reviewed it, um, the field goal didn't, like, the play clock, it wasn't snapped fast enough, or it didn't go in and we thought it did, or I don't know, that like, something made it go in. It's just, like, I know these things that sound crazy, but it's, like, if you keep those three points, the game would be completely different. Miami might even be leading at one point in that fourth quarter because it's just the game momentum and how the game works. Like, 199 doesn't look better if you look at it just like that, but 199 and then, like, the he actually having another chance or something being different, like, in that last sequence, or even it being 99-98 heat leading... Like, that, that whole sequence just changes everything. Like, you imagine before the Jimmy Butler 3, if that Tyler Hero, uh, not Tyler Hero, Max Shoes 3 had counted um, before that Jimmy Butler 3. It's 98-96 when he takes that 3. But imagine Jimmy Butler getting that rebound and the score, and then being up 99-98, you know? Obviously, the Celtics wouldn't be playing so conservative and not trying to score. But I'm just saying, like, for devil's advocate or for like the other hypothetical scenario what if that three counts the heater up 99.98 when jimmy butler is pulling up for that shot and he doesn't shoot that shot the heat get the uh get fouled or jimmy butler calls timeout something else happens other than jimmy butler taking that shot and then the heat losing by four opposed to them being up one because that max shoots three would have counted earlier in the game it just makes you think like I don't know. They, the the Celtics were plus three, and I was thinking that the whole game, like, how are they going to... Either they're going dis- to destroy them, or this game is somehow going to be close, and I was always leaning toward the latter. I just felt like the Heat were not going to go out the way they started that first quarter. They weren't, they weren't going to go out the way it almost ended at 335 left in the game. It was a 13-point game. Miami made their run, 11-0 run, two-point game. If that three had counted if they never took that three off it'd be 99.98 i'm just saying miami could have won that game miami they should have won that game miami didn't win that game and that's all i have to say about that and yeah um so yeah i think this is it for the podcast um if you guys enjoyed it (coughs) but yeah so if you guys enjoyed it or then give me any feedback or when I even come on the podcast or ask me any questions, uh, feel free to um, DM me on Twitter at playoff um, zozo. So it's P L A Y O F F Z O Z O on Twitter, um, and then you could also DM me on Instagram at Abe Orzo. So it's A B E O R Z O, Abe Orzo on Instagram. Um, so yeah, uh, this is it for the podcast. Um, I'll try to have my predictions for the finals soon and then um yeah we'll we'll see for the finals and maybe even talk a little bit of hockey after tonight's game seven hoping the rangers win